Welcome to Sunday Night Novi. Sunday Night Novi is an ongoing presentation of the Weiss Entertainment Network. 613 on your dial. Uh, tonight, share prophetic vision in the 21st century, the message of Novi and Rishon, the story of the Book of Shmuel. This series will focus on how Shmuel Anovi, the author of the Book of Shmuel, sent us many messages for our times. This series will be dedicated to Zechon Neshmas, Rabbi Yerachmiel, Ben Aaron Mayer. Uh, Anyway, well, you know, it's interesting, as I'm reading this, it says Shmuel Anovi sent us many messages. At this point, to the safer, it's not Shmuel Anovi anymore, but okay. Nikra, Nikra Al Shemuel, right? It's called down to his name. Okay. Um, the events that occur, I say, over the next couple of parochium are, are um, informative and crucial for not just their generation, as we've discussed on many times, that the purpose of, of Novi is to give us hadracha, to give us um, a guidance on how to conduct our lives. Messages in leadership, messages in, in preparing the way properly, setting things up properly, now remember, remember all all these messages of leadership, right? Are not just when you're a leader of a big organization, when you're the rabbi of a shul, you're a CEO of a company, you're you're, you're the coach of the basketball team, you know, whatever it is. All of us in our lives are in leadership positions. If nothing else, over our personal life. And uh, 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 a lot of times, you know, what one of the things, and it was the Torah for last week, one of the things that unquestionably David Amelech did was prevent the civil war after his death. And there was no way in his mind that he was going to die and leave the Jewish people in a state of chaos. And that's the whole story with Shlomo and uh, Donia. And, and, and how he anointed Shlomo the big king. Because the correct procedure would have been David dies and then Shlomo becomes king. But David Amel understood that if I do that, there's going to be civil war and chaos and, and there is no way that, that I'm doing that. And so, so yes, that's on a cosmic uh, uh, level. But, but, but certainly there are lessons that we can take into our personal lives of how we conduct ourselves how we impact people, how we're part of uh, organizations that that require, you know, that require uh, leadership or, or or other things, areas in chassid and sadaka. I think I think those are those are important messages that I think we have to point out uh, along the way. Uh, what we're we're really well after the first couple of parochim here, um, we're going to turn to a critical look of the of the reign of David Amel. Now, it's challenging, but at the same time, the message of David Melech Yisrael Chai Vekayim must resonate. And one of the great parts of David Melech is the human side to David. Uh, the fact that he is he is not um, infallible. Uh, some of his mistakes are major. And but but more important as how he as how he moves on from those mistakes, 
and I think I think that that's more the lesson of the story of David Amel and why it was him who became the progenitor of, of Mashiach um, for, for all time. And we know all throughout the period of the Tanoim and Amoraim, the leaders of the Jewish people were descendants of um, of Malchus based David. And I think that message has to resonate. And so we have to figure out like how like how, how we learn how are we learning that? What are we seeing? Where where does the greatness shine even in the low moments? And I, I, I think the Navi does bring that out very well. So we ended with uh you know it's interesting the uh, the minig is that um you know Sefer Yeshaya and Kohelas. I think I think it's only those two. Um, and in on a negative note, no, Kohelis and, and Malachi, right? Three places where we repeat the second to last person, right? That was a goal. Um, all end on a little bit of a negative note, and Chazal were, were sensitive to not end on a negative note, so that's why on Shabbos Agodal, when when we right, the whole land should not turn into uh, you know, into a cherem, into a destruction. So we repeat, right? So we repeat that. Um, in Kohelis, uh, we also, uh, Shlomo ends on a little bit of a negative note. So we repeat the Pasuk. Um, so we see, we see that in, 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 in Yeshaya, um, the Haftorah for Rosh Chodesh, actually Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, which we will not read next month because uh, even though it's Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, because the Haftor of Hanukkah takes precedence. Uh, it's a whole interesting discussion when Tadir applies and when Tadir doesn't apply. That's not, obviously not for tonight. Um, anyway, the idea is, so we have we have a tragic event that, that ends the first part of Sefer Shmuel. But the book ends on a high note. Well, we spoke about the people of Yavesh Gilad and the Chesed and the, and that they did at high risk to protect the bodies of Shaul and his and his sons and 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 all, all that that payback that they felt that they needed to do in in, in the world of Chesed that 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 they did. So I, I I think that that's that's a very 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 important uh, part part of, of this now. A very very important part of this story, so uh, so I want to uh, make mention that. Hold on, just one second. Let me get lock this out so I don't, I don't get bothered by it. Okay, all right. So let's let's take a look at, at the beginning. Okay, so just a reminder. So at the end, at 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 the at the end. Um, at the end. Shaul dies. Okay, so that, that's really the main, the main important note that has to be brought to understand the beginning of the Sefer. So uh, it's on page 198 if you're in the art scroll. It's Sefer Shmuel Beis Perakal. Okay? So the Novi says like this. And there's a lot of interesting um, correlations here that we'll talk about. Hold on. Now, interesting. It's the third Sefer in a row. Well, that's not true. I'll take that back. Three out of four, Svar. That start, Vahiyach Remos. 
Yoshua starts by Yachimos Moshe, Shoftim starts by Yachimos Yoshua, and Shoftim does not start by Yachimos. I'm sorry, um, Shmuel doesn't start that way, but uh, this service, three out of four sperms start with the same expression, by he Yachimos. The David Shav Mehakoses Amalek. Right, so we had a discussion about Amalek. So it seems pretty clear that there were refugees that escaped Shoal and that there was some small um, small parts of Amalek that did survive the battle uh, of Shoal uh, could be also as a result of Agag and uh, other things. So so it's really, the, really pretty much, uh, to my knowledge, I think the last time you really hear about Amalek is here. Um, I... Uh, don't quote me on that, but I'm, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure. But anyway, David So David returns from striking Amalek. Vayeshev David and David stayed in the city of Siklag. Yamim Shanim says that he for for two days. Interesting expression. Yamim. I'm sorry. Yamim Shnaim. Sorry. That's what I read correctly. Yamim uh, Shnaim. So David um, was there for two days. Okay. So he came back from his battle and he's there for two days. And it was on the third day. Um, and it was on the third day and a man came from the camp from Shaul. You want to hear it? Crazy irony. So this is a parallel um, I, I saw from uh, one of the Rabban, one of the Gush. Um, um, this is um, uh, an amazing parallel to the story of Ailey, right? He talks about it. He compares it. Um, I have some stuff here about comparing it to the story of Ailey, right? What happened to Ailey? If you remember way back, Ailey, Ailey um, died when 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 the report came to him that his children died and the Aaron was taken. Well, we discussed he died because of the hour, okay, whatever, whatever it was. But anyway, but what's what's amazing is who was the person who came to tell Ailey this story? Sholomel. It's a it's a it's an unbelievable irony that that this story, which is, comes to tell the death of Shoal, is is so to speak, it's it's built in. Almost similar to the story of Eli and Shaul Amelak, well, it wasn't Amelak at the time, was the one who came to tell Eli that Chafti and Pinchas was dead and Aaron was taken. So that's an, it's an amazing irony here. It's almost it, the, the, the the parallels are are, are are actually frightening, right? Um, the the parallels and. Uh, the random man of Binyamin out of the army and came to Shiloh the same day with his clothes rent and with the earth upon his head. Right? Okay, you can't make can't make this up. Like the, the parallels are, are, are really unbelievable. Rosha, right? And exactly what it says here. So when he came in front of David, so he bowed down. Now, so Rashi says that some said that this was Doeg, but he says, but I, but he didn't like that. He doesn't like that explanation. He says, he says, doesn't work. Uh, do, doesn't work that way. He said, he said, he said, doesn't doesn't. Rashi says, doesn't stim with me. 
but interesting idea uh, how Doeg would co would come to David uh, after Doeg was the it, it, you know which is also an would be it, according to the Mandras, the Rashi quotes also an irony that Doeg is coming Doeg who who was so cruel um, with with no Vera Kohanim and 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 against David where where he raised the issue of of Amoni below Amonis this would be the one to come to tell David that Shaul is, is dead. That would be a that would be another crazy irony. But 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 anyway, but the parallels are amazing. Point to the region and note. David and his men surely felt exhilarated. They had just returned from a conquest of Amalekite marauders and successful rescue of their families and possessions. They had been spared the ordeal of being part of the Philistine army in a war against Israel, and not knowing of Shmuel's fearsome prophecy that Shaul would die and the Israelites would be routed. David probably expected Hashem to be with Shaul and his army. They came the shocking news that was transpired on the Philistine front. David's people had fled in leaderless disarray. His dearest friend had been killed in battle. On the other hand, his king, relentless pursuer, was dead, and David was no longer a hunter fugitive. He is free to return home and become king of Israel. He could be expected to feel a mixture of grief, relief, even a degree of elation. But such was not the case. David, David's behavior reflects his amazing purity of soul and righteousness. Even though Shaul had hounded him mercilessly and tried to kill him repeatedly, David mourned to be the to, to the depths of his soul the tragedy that had befallen Shaul. Just as he had refused to harm Shaul when he had the opportunities to do so, David refused to rejoice over his newfound freedom from the late king's persecution. Instead, he continued to recognize that Shaul was essentially a man of awesome righteousness, a man who was anointed of God and a leader of his people. David's grief over the death of his beloved Yonatan was no greater than, than, than that over the death of his king. His heartfelt eulogy over the national and personal tragedies, eloquent testimony, both of the enormous loss to the, and the greatness of the new king was about to rally the nation spiritually and militarily. David was, was one great person. One, yeah, one, one, one of the great people. Anyway, um, it's, it's what, what I, I find um, amazing is, is you know, I've spoken so much about Shmuel and his great role and, and the great person he was. And, and, and you see that he really impacted a generation. He impacted leadership and he impacted what, you know, what the future was going to look like. And, and that was a little credit to Shmuel Hanavi. So, so anyway, so when he came, he said, where, where are you coming from? So he said, I, I ran away from the, from the camp. Because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a refugee. Right, right, okay. So, so, okay. So, David. so David said to him, you know, what happened? Tell me the story. He said that he told them that that uh, the people fled from the battle and many people fell and died, and Shaul and Yonatan, his son, had died. Okay, so that so so he told them, uh, you know, exactly uh, what, what was going on. The man broke the news gradually, lest David be overcome with emotion. First, he told them of the warriors' flight, and then of the heavy casualties, and last of all, the death of Shaul and Yonatan. The fugitive did not mention the death of Shaul's other two sons either because Shaul and Yonatan 
then were, were the two primary figures or because he did not witness what happened to the others. Also, also possibility they didn't see the whole story. Um, so, so, he, so, so it's interesting his his presentation of the facts and and how and how gradually you know the process the, the, how gradually the the process played out. So now, so now what happens? So he says, "Pasuke." Uh, Right. He said, maybe it's only, David said, maybe it's only uh, rumors. Did you see it? Uh, can you tell me that for sure? Are you positive that that, that that happened? Maybe it didn't happen. Maybe people were just talking because of the awesome loss that, that, that people were, were, were saying that, that that's what happened. How do you know? How do you know that this is what happened? So Vayomer Pasukvav Hanar and 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 the the guy who came to Hamagilo Nikro Nikresi Behar Agilboa. I happen to be at Har Agilboa. Nishan Al Chaniso, and Shaul was leaning on his spear. And behold, the chariots and the cavalry were overtaking him. But meaning, I, I saw so I happened, I had, and Mr. Datsion used the same expression, it happens that I was there. It says that the the uh, those those that are pursuing him came uh, close were close by. Happened to be there. Okay. Um, right. And the the Radak says that you know he said I I I never had any intention of being there. It just so happens that 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 that's where that's where I was. Now, the story that he tells David is not exactly the story that we that we read in the last parrot. So that's what we get into. That's what we get into questions here. He says, "Now he was leaning on his spear after having fallen on his sword, but was still alive." Ultimately, Shaul was still leaning on the sword, referred to here as a spear that he originally fallen upon. The wound from the sword had not killed him, and he was crying by leaning on it on, on it with force to complete the act of suicide. Yeah, that could be awesome. Okay. So whatever. Okay. And I said, Okay. So so he said I was there. Um he asked me who I was. I told him. Uh um, you know. He called out to me, and I said, "Here I am." I went, He says, "I'm an Amalekite. I'm from, I'm from Amalek." Now, 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 we know that this is also a great irony, right? Because we know that Shoal's downfall began with his failure to destroy Amalek, and and here, so so there's so many, there's so <laughs> it's amazing how these, these stories come together. 
Um, you know, again, as we said before, Yoshol being the, the bearer of the bad news to Ailey. Uh, Amalek was his failure. Now, and now this guy, who's somehow a descendant of Amalek, um, is the one who's who's involved in the story. But it seems pretty clear from what we learned that the story he tells David is a little bit convoluted. The, that, 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 that also seems very clear. Uh, and he said, Vayomari Lai. Amadna Alai Umimuseni. Ki Achazani Ashabas. He said, so he said in Pasuk Ted, said, stand up over me and put an end to my life, for the throes of death have seized me. Interesting. Ashabats, interesting word. Um, Rashi says, Mirjagada, Mishum Avona Kohonim Shaharal, the Kasubahem, Kisonis Tashbits. Fascinating. Rashi has rings quotes a fascinating medrash. He says, What 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 is the word that Shoal that he describes that Shoal said? Hashavats. Hashavats is a play on the word Tashpates, right? Tashpates relates to the, the, the big day kahuna. That 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 he said, I'm I'm that Shoal claimed that he's being killed as Mida, Kenegin Mida, for what he did to know Vera Kohan. So that so that is interesting that, that kind of that kind of comes out. Right? Okay. It's interesting. Uh, now, he says, he says, well, I knew that at great length, that Shaul had committed suicide. We discussed, you know, why, you know, the issue and the halachic issue of that. We went into the whole, uh, whole story. Now, so what happens? So, v'emod Allah, the amus, the amus sehu. So I stood over him and I ended his life. Kiyadati, because I knew kilo yacharai niflo. For I knew that he would not survive after he had fallen on his sword. Meaning, meaning what he what he was actually saying. So this is why the story is a little complicated. Uh, he was saying that I saw he was, in other words, ba basically I was Makabapatish. It's funny, it's having a discussion about that. Hold on. What does Makabapatish mean? Makabapatish means you give the final blow, right? You're not allowed to, uh, it's, it's, it's Malacha number 39 on Shabbos. That, uh, if if uh, you build a clee, right, and all it needs is one more screw to screw in, so you're not allowed to do that on Shabbos because that's called, even though everything is already in place, it's called makabipatish, the final, you know, the final bang of the hammer to 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 make things happen. So so um, he, he so this guy was claiming he says he was mortally wounded. I mean, he he mortally wounded himself, but and he was going to die. So I just hastened the process a little bit. Because uh, I realized, I saw that, that based on his injury that he wasn't going to survive. Okay. So, he's, so the Radak says, Sharehu nafa al-kharbo umes. Lekach, right? Acharei shenafal al-kharbo lo hayachol lichyos. Maka samake. He said, Radak says that after the, after the death of the you know, after he fell on his sword, he wasn't going to survive because of his wound. 
And I just hastened his death. Right, so Radak says that he said that number one, when I found him, he was mortally wounded. And he wasn't going to, he wasn't going to, to he wasn't going to survive anyway. Secondly, the the uh, the army was coming, the, the Philistine army was coming close. They were going to kill him anyway. So and he, and he rather that I killed him than, than someone else. Um, you should know that the, the halacha is, uh, when someone's called a gosez, a gosez is, is, is not someone who's critically ill and we think they're going to die. Because those people sometimes live for months. A, go, a, go, a gosez, a uh, um, a gosei, a gosei is somebody who is definitely going to die within three days. Um, the halacha is that, that after three days, you can assume that they die. Uh, h- how you determine gosei, that is not a discussion for right now. Um, uh, anyway, he said he was a gosei, he was gonna die, he wasn't gonna survive. And now, the halacha, but but interestingly, halacha is when someone is a gosei, you're not allowed to move him, you're not allowed. The, the Shukhanarach discusses a whole bunch of activities that w- one is not permitted to do with a gosei. Why? Because you might hasten their death. And a person, and we're not, we're never allowed to hasten death. We're not, we're not, we're not into that. There were times where we're passive, where we, where we might, we might withhold certain treatments because of the condition of the person and then the consideration of suffering and all those things. That's certainly true. And that's obviously a much, much com- more complicated and long halachic discussion about end-of-life issues and things like that. But we're not allowed, but we can't actively hasten death. Like, if you, like you're like not allowed to pull out a plug. You can't pull out the machine if they're going to die right away. I mean, you, you can't do that. Uh, if they can't breathe on their own, you can't pull out the machine. Like, like, it doesn't work that way. Like, like, you know, once they're on it, you got to let nature take its course. And 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 he was saying that that he was going to die anyway. He was a goisace. But, uh, you know, he wanted a quicker death. Halacha is that that's not permitted. So, 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 so that's, that's how the Radak explains it. That that he said he figures, you know, why not? Like, why not? Why not do it? Again, the problem with the story is that's not how the Novi presents it in the last paragraph. That's the problem with this whole story. So, it's it's, it's it could be it could be. It seems that way that this guy thought, you know, it's also, you know, it was a terrible misread of Doug Melch that he thought that that you know, listen, listen, as I read to you before, David Amela was was a super sock in the sense that you know, any one of us, you know, in, in any scenario, you know, he had every right, you know, halacha. We have we have halachas of uh, what's called a rodev, right? A rodev is. Someone's chasing after you, and 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 they might potentially kill you. So you t- so so you know you turn around and uh, and you take out a gun and you shoot them. I mean I mean that's what you do. Like you know you know the, the terrorists attack. You don't ask questions. You shoot. That, then uh, the biggest mistake in, in Israel is they don't shoot enough. But uh, okay, that's for another time. Um, anyway, no politics. Anyway, um, I'm saying I mean, that's the whole look. I mean, I mean, those are the stories you hear out of Israel that you know they're coming. That the car's about to ram, and so they shoot and they kill the terrorists. You know, okay, that's what we got to do. That's how uh, You know, Balahar go Hashkim. That's Baba Machteris. That's the the Sugim Masechus and Hedra. That's so. So that's that. That's true. But you know, 
David Amelech had that right. David, he was he was in the shows in the category of the road Dave. And he, he didn't want to do it. And, and we discussed many reasons why. And, and so this story is like, is like, you know, it more more than more than the, the death of, of Shaul and Yonatan, which which I, I I don't doubt for a second was a very, very painful experience with David Amel. I think I think also the you know the fact that this whole way it went down went, according to the stories now being told just 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 made him miserable. You know, it just like 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 you know, you know, he's standing there and he's like, this is not how it's meant to be. Like, you know, it, it, it's just not meant to be this way. And, 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 and I'm also wondering, I'm also wondering if David questioned the fact that Shaul wanted, you know, that wanted someone to kill him. So, okay, so that part we saw already, you know, last time that he did request that. And over, but 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 the story that Novi tells the last time is that everybody ran away from that. Nobody wanted to do it. And then he, then he did it to himself, you know. So, so I, I think that that, but but you know, but you know what's what's interesting here to me is, and I it was uh, Rabbi, let's look at his name. I think his name is Buzza. Is it Buzza? Hold on. No, what's the guy's name? Yeah, Rabbi Amnon Buzza. You know, point point points out. You know, he po- he points out that. You know. There is a sympathetic side to this story for this guy who comes to tell David the story, because because could be maybe the guy himself was upset about what happened, but but it, it, it's 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 what follows and how he presents it and how he took the crown and what was the next, was the next few words and then and then he says he says I took the crown that was on his head and the bracelet that was on his arm. Remember Yosef, right? Right when when it's coming up in the parshas in a couple of weeks, uh, when when after Yosef interprets the dream, so he probably gives him a crown, a necklace, a ring, you know the whole, the whole story. Anyway, I think this is where where David really really loses it with with this guy. He says, you know, I took I took the crown and I took uh, you know I took the apparent signs of the king. I wanted to show you with certainty that the king had died, and and um, and I think this is really. But the way I think this is the turning point where it almost looks like, or maybe maybe it was intentional, that this guy was looking to to find favor with David Amel. And, and maybe that's why David Amel turns on him, because because it, it's like you know, you know I mentioned to you a number of times Altigubim Shichai, right, right. The, the you know David Amel writes that we're not allowed to touch Hashem's uh, um, um, anointed, and and when when he shows him the crown and the and the jewels and the bracelet. I think that David sees that as uh, sees him not as a as just a bearer of banners, maybe not even someone who wants to say kinos, but as an opportunist. And I and I think that's really where where, where he really really turns um, on this guy. And I think that's a very important point. Right now.
פוסק י"ב. ויחזק דוד בבגדו ויקראם. דוד גרבס אונטו איז גורמנט ואני טרס דם. וגם כל אנשים אשר איתו.
od avi ba lagor eretz yisrael v'hunis gaya. Right. So so he said that that we we came to eretz yisrael and we converted. So now now it's possible, right? So he so he points out here in the note there are two types of gerim that come to eretz yisrael. Someone called a ger toshav and a ger tzedek. A ger toshav is someone who agrees to to keep the the sheva mitzvahs b'nei noach. A ger tzedek is somebody who who was a full ger, right? So it's question exactly what he was unclear, but nonetheless he, he claims that they came to Eretz Yisrael to move away from Amalek. So if you're saying that your father before said that he says my father was the gear. So you so now you were a Jew from birth. So God says, how were you not afraid to touch the anointed one of Hashem? Ah, you said, well, he was going to die anyway. So what? So, you know, I, you know, I mentioned this, I mentioned this before, you're not allowed to be Makari Misa. He said, who are you to do this anyway? Lo Right, trying to figure out where did seems to say that he was a real gift. But but David was was really really uh, upset at him. So David orders that he be executed. Okay. Oh, so that so now that raises uh, many questions. It's almost like David views him as a rebel, a more b'malchus, that he that, that he rebelled against, he rebelled against the king. Meaning, how dare you, how dare you do this? And now Kolomar is a radaksa garamta You cause your own death. Rotzelomar, Rotzelomar, to me, to me, Shaol he says, the blood of Shaul that you killed will come on your head. Your blood and the blood of Shaul is upon, is upon your head. So, the question, the question is, Question is here. Um, what um, why did David kill him? Like why it sounds like it was a 
a reaction. Now, even though, even though, even though it was a thought-out reaction, but but what did he do it? Um, so so the, the, the Rambam discusses this. Um, I want to actually read you the Rambam for one second. Yeah, before. Sorry about that. Yeah. So, so the Rambam says like this. If the Rambam is in class, in chapter 18 of the Wars of the Sanhedrin. And it's a lachavot. Yeah. That's not the right quote. First time. Hold on. Oh, here. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. So the Rambam says like this. It says that there is a there, well there is a rule that uh, we don't have um, you can't get the death penalty in Judaism by your own confession. Um, the only thing because um, we have, there's a there's a there's a principle in the Gemara ain't Russia. A person cannot make himself into a Russia. That is not a uh, we, now that does not apply to monetary cases where 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 the Gemara says that the confession of a of a baldin is like a hundred witnesses. No, so in other words, in fact, not only that, we have a dispensation for someone who confesses. We say that if you like, if you say I stole, and you're technically supposed to pay kefal. So the halacha is if by confessing you don't you can obviate the payment of kefal. So. But it, but so that, but, that, but that's monetary things, and also in general we we have to have um, general halachas are a little more lenient when it comes to money. A the consequences of money are not as big as as killing someone, and secondly uh, the Gemara in a number of places discusses the concept of what's called shalotino delis b'fnei laban that if we make it too hard to to collect money when I when I you know Chazal uh, understood that society has to have loans. Like society, an economy is built on people being able to loan and borrow and all, all of those things that we know so well about economics, mortgages and all that stuff. But 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 Chazal were concerned that it was too hard to collect when, when you're entitled to your collection, then people won't do it anymore. So they're very concerned about that. So so by Dine Momonos, there were you know there are a lot more leniencies uh, um in, in those areas. And uh, they didn't cross-examine the witnesses as intensely, um, etc. But one, but one thing that that's that's hundred percent. You cannot get misa space. You cannot. You walk. A person walks into Basin and says, "I was, uh, you know, that I was Machal of Shabbos, or I worshipped Avodah Zara." Okay, <laughs> uh, uh, you might get a you might get a very serious, a strong response and a big and a big uh, and a and a big Musr lesson. But 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 you can't like it doesn't. You, you're not going to get punished. You're not. You know, um, it's not going to work. So that's what the Rambam says. Because there is a 
So in order to get Misa, now we know it, we know there's a lot more than that has to get. They have to be warned. They have to be told that if you do this act, uh, you know, this is the punishment. These are the consequences. It's a whole process. Uh, the Mishnah at the end of the, I want to say, fourth parak of, uh, of Sanhedrin um, describes uh, how they used to scare the witnesses and tell them you take a Jewish life. And uh, you know, they made it very difficult. So so the question is, so, but we know Yeshua killed Achan, but based on his own testimony, he came and confessed. Okay, that's not for now. But David killed uh, the Geramaliki. Based on them coming and saying, this is what they did. The Rambam postulates that there were there were two possibilities on 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 what the justification was. Uh, possibility one was it was was called Horasha. Horasha is a halachic principle that allows you uh, or some people, um, depending on the scenario to suspend the normal halachic procedure um, and, and carry out an act that is not classically done in order to establish a norm uh, of, of, of betterment of Avodah Hashem in the future. The classic example of Horosha is Eliyahu Anavi building a Mizbeah on Harakamel. Once the base of Megiddo is built, so you weren't allowed to build a Mizbeah, you can't give Korbanos away from the base of Megiddo. But Eliyahu Anavi does it in Harakamel because, because he saw an opportunity to, to get people to return to Avodah Hashem. So that's called Horasha, that that you that that you you some want to say bikuach nefesh on Shabbos, but that's not really Horasha, because that because that's a built that halacha is built into the system. Horasha means you're suspending the halacha. So wait, wait, what's a what's a famous machlokus by Shabbos? Is hutra tchuya? All right, that's that's a different discussion. But anyway, um, anyway, so so it's Horasha. The other possibility is the Rambam says that din malchus. He, David Amel already had the status of, of being the king, which is interesting, and 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 he carried and the king has the right to to uh, the king the king, hold on. the king has the right to circumvent uh, the Sanhedrin and and carry out his his own punishment. We're going to see, um, not anytime soon, but we are eventually going to see that you know not killing um, Shimi Ben Gera. Well, you know, it was David's absolute right, but he doesn't do it. So, you know, we'll talk, we'll talk about that. But, but, but it's clear that the king has has a certain right, and 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 that's what um, and that's what happens here. That he um, that that he's just infuriated, uh, and 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 he kills him. I want I wanted to read you uh, what uh, Art Scroll has in the note here. Um, he says. The difficulties with David's punishment of the Amalek abound. The boy was merely fulfilling Shoal's fervent wish, if that's really the story. Number two, in the Torah law, a defendant is never punished because of his own confession. There must be witnesses who saw the crime committed, and the perpetrator must have been warned not to commit the sin. Three, a man cannot be punished without a trial and due process, which was absent here. In answer to the first question, the commentators note that according to Torah law, a person's body and life are the property of, of Hashem. No one is empowered to kill or injure oneself or to authorize another to do so. Therefore, even if one injures or kills with permission of his victim, he is punished with the full severity of the law. Although the Amalekite had been commanded to do so by the king of Israel, a royal decree is not grounds to contravene the Torah's law. 
The answer to the other two questions is based on the Rambam I just read you. The man was indeed not subject to death penalty under normal circumstances, but David decided the decision was a hurrah shah, the ruling on extraordinary circumstances, or to exercise hurrahs malchus, an exercise of the royal prerogative to override the law for the national good. This is similar to Talmudic rule that a court may administer beatings and monetary punishments outside of the framework of the law when it's necessary to safeguard the Torah. Abarbanel adds that the fact that the Amalekite had Shoal's crown and bracelet in his hands was convincing circumstantial evidence to corroborate his confession. Such evidence would not have been sufficient had, had this not been a case of extraordinary circumstance as noted above. What was the issue that prompted David to apply this rarely used authoritarian royal power? Ralbag explains that David felt compelled to demonstrate the severity of the offense of killing a king of Israel, no matter what justification one might find. David himself has set such an example when he did not permit Shaul to be hung, even though the halakha permits someone to kill a pursuer in order to save his intended victim. It should be noted that during this critical period when the nation was in disarray, as the succeeding chapters will show, this, there was disagreement over the succession to the throne. It was essential to demonstrate to all the assassins so all that assassination is not an option. Otherwise, the nation could have easily degenerated into anarchy. Right, we're going to read another story where, they, where, they, where they're going to assassinate the, the Shoal's remaining son. And, and, and David, David, was, David was saying, but, but the only way, and really, if you, if you, if you read these, this note carefully, really the message is that the only way that David Amela could have carried this, send that message is by, doing, by killing the Gera Malachi, who probably was deserving what, what he deserved. Um, but it's a it's a very strong reaction, uh, and the strong reaction was for the national good, and and, and that's and that's the meaning. We don't pull out Horah Shaw unless there's a purpose and there's a goal, and and that and that's what's really really taking taking place here. Um, I see I am way over my time, so um, we're not going to get into the kina, uh, the, the the lament that David writes for Shaw and Yonatan. That will have to wait till next week. Uh, and then we're going to go on with this really incredible saga that, that's going to take place until David finally, you know, ends up on the throne. Um, and then maybe I'll show you pictures of Hebron because that's where he starts his his kingdom. Anyway, anyway, thank you all for coming. As always, every Sunday night, um, our crowd is really growing and it's a beautiful thing to see. Um, it really uh, makes my least favorite day of the week into one of my favorite days of the week. I do not like Sunday in general. Um but uh, but knowing what's what's at the end of Sunday is always uh, is always gets me through the day. So thank you all for joining, uh, Mr. Shem. We will continue next week. Then we'll have a, we're gonna have a little recess because I have a Baruch Hashem a couple of smachot. Uh, but next week we will be on at regular schedule time. Uh, take care, everyone. Have a great week. Stay healthy and stay dry because it's pouring right now. I'm standing by the window. So and uh, Mr. Shem, uh, we'll, we'll hear good things. Okay. Thank you.